Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, food followers everywhere. Welcome back to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. My name is Ben Johnson, so glad you could join me. Remember, you can find out about the latest martial arts movies by checking out kungfumovieguide.com. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, give us a star rating and help to spread the word. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Instagram and also on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at kfmovieguide. Remember, you can email me. The email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Okay, it's really good to be back. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. How are we doing, Fu fans around the world? I hope we're well. Ben Johnson here. Good to be back with you. I hope you've had a nice, healthy, happy few months. It's been six months, actually, since the last episode, uh, which was in November time. Thank you for returning and checking out the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast and supporting this. Uh, time really flies, doesn't it? Six months, it doesn't seem like six months, but in that time I've been busily recording and interviewing and talking to people for this second season of podcast, and we've got some really great guests coming up over the next couple of months. So we will be dropping these episodes once every fortnight on the Monday, so that's the way we roll here at the Kung Fu Movie Guide. I've got a really good conversation to share with you for this first episode of the second season. Uh, It's with the go-to Hollywood stunt coordinator, fight trainer, fight choreographer, J.J. Perry. J.J. has worked on pretty much every great American martial arts and action movie of the last 25 years. He has worked on everything from major mainstream big budget blockbusters like Avatar and uh, Blade, Daredevil, Iron Man. Uh, he worked with Quentin Tarantino on Django Unchained. And he's worked with just about every big name in martial arts cinema, from Jason Statham to Jean-Claude Van Damme to Jet Li to Steven Seagal to Michael Jai White to Scott Adkins, just about everybody. Uh, and he's also trained actors in on-screen fighting, people like Hugh Jackman for uh, the X-Men Origins movie, Tom Hardy, worked with Tom Hardy for Warrior, Gerard Butler, he's worked with Gina Carano in Haywire, Mila Yosevich. he worked most recently with uh, Ang Lee as well um, on his film Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, did a lot of the army training, JJ is... Uh, ex-army so he brought his uh, military skills to the fore uh, working with Ang Lee on that movie 
um the the list of films is 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 pretty much endless really on uh, the types of movies that jj has worked on but also he works for predominantly the stunts unlimited uh stunt group and also 8711 8711 now are making quite a big name for themselves uh, that's david leach and chad stalheski's stunt team they are the guys behind the john wick franchise um so I did this interview with JJ about a week or so after I saw John Wick Chapter 2 uh, for the first time. So most of this conversation sort of hinges around that. Um, I absolutely loved uh, John Wick Chapter 2, as you'll hear from this uh, interview. So uh, much of what we talk about is based around uh, that movie and Keanu Reeves's fight training and uh, what was required him in the, uh, for that movie. If you haven't seen John Wick or John Wick Chapter 2, then um, what are you doing? And uh, go and watch them immediately. That's my uh, advice there from the Kung Fu Movie Guide. Uh, JJ's a straight-talking, no-nonsense uh, Texan. Uh, he's an absolute legend, and it was a privilege to uh, be able to talk to him for the show. So that's coming up very soon. First of all, I just wanted to uh, mention the passing of um, Kung Fu Movie legend uh, and fan favourite, uh, Philip Coe. Uh, Philip passed away uh, last week at the age of 67. Uh, Philip was, of course, uh, uh, a, a favourite actor uh, of a lot of uh, martial arts movie fans, but he was also a, a prolific director as well and producer and fight choreographer. Uh, and also just a, a very keen martial artist. I've been reading uh, quite, a, quite a lot of the tributes that have been uh, paid to uh, Philip my little dedication would would probably be that there um there are a few faces that um you remember watching growing up uh and uh he would appear in so many of these classic martial arts films and whenever you saw him on the screen it was always a sort of seal of approval really uh one of these recognizable faces uh, that um you knew that you were you were in safe hands um so you know, at the heart of the Kung Fu movie guides, I try to cover, uh, you know, a lot of the big names. So, you know, the Jackie Chans and the Donnie Yens and Tony Jars uh, of this world. But also uh, a big part of the Kung Fu movie guide and for setting up the Kung Fu movie guide was to champion a lot of those guys that maybe didn't get the, the same recognition. Uh, fan favourites like Huang Jang Li and John Liu. Uh, Lunga Yan and Philip Coe as well would, would would be one of those names. So he was very much uh, at the heart, I guess, of uh, uh, my sort of lifelong devotion to um, Kung Fu movies. He, he will be sorely missed, uh, but he's left behind a, a great legacy. And if you're looking to, um, I don't know, plan your own little dedication to Philip Coe, um, there's a few places that I would start. And one of my uh, favourites films of his is uh, a film called Tiger Over Wall. Uh, Huang Jane Li is actually in that, but he gets one of the rare occasions where Philip Coe actually played a good guy. Uh, although uh, a good example of him uh, playing an all-round bastard uh, would probably be uh, The Dragon, The Hero. That's a fun one. That's uh, a Dragon Lee movie. Um, but there's also uh, his Shaw Brothers work. He's in Eight Diagram Pole Fighter um, and uh, he's in films like Invincible Armour. He's hard to spot in Invincible Armour. He's behind a, a really big beard, uh, but he is in that. Uh, he's in films like Snake Deadly Act as well, which is another personal favourite of mine. Um, Philip cropped up in quite a few Godfrey Ho movies as well. 
uh, and a lot of the classic Golden Harvest titles too. So um, there's 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 so many films to choose from. I think he appeared in about 250 movies and a career spanning four decades. So um, that's a, a huge body of work that uh, he leaves behind, and um, he will be sorely missed. So there we go. That's our little dedication to the late great Philip Coe. Um, also, just wanted to flag up uh, a few movies that have. Um, that I've been checking out in the six months since we last spoke. Um, it's been a pretty good six months or so for uh, martial arts uh, movies, no less uh, for uh, Donnie Yen, who within the last six months has gone sort of stratospheric. He was so wonderful in uh, Rogue One. Um, I'm sure you've all seen uh, Donnie in Rogue One, sort of stole the, the film uh, I thought, and that's not just coming from a, a massive Donnie Yen fan, but I do f- feel that his role there was very much at the at the heart of that film. And then there was Triple X, the return of Xander Cage as well, which was a, a, a prominent role for Donnie, although the movie wasn't amazing. Eco <laughs> uh, Yue had a big hit uh, with the film Headshot. That's a pretty violent uh movie from uh the fight team behind the raid but one that is definitely worth uh checking out jackie chan has been busy of course he's uh you know in his early 60s but he shows absolutely no sign of slowing down uh his johnny knoxville film skip trace uh ended up on uh netflix which uh over here in the uk but there were other big releases from jackie earlier in the year railroad tigers was one of them and that was quickly followed by kung fu yoga and there's plenty more coming from Jackie Chan throughout the rest of 2017. Um, I wanted to flag up uh, Eliminators, which was a UK film uh, directed by James Nunn that starred uh, Wade Barrett and Scott Adkins. Uh, That was a good little cat and mouse actioner. If you haven't checked out Eliminators, then definitely uh, go and get the DVD of that one. And there was a great movie from Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White is fantastic anyway, but um, his uh, second directorial effort in the Never Back Down franchise was fantastic. Never Back Down, No Surrender, that's called. Um, Go and check that out. That was really good. A couple of other titles that I just wanted to flag up. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings uh, won the BAFTA for Best Animation. It missed out on the Oscar uh, in February, but... um, Kubo is just a really magical, uh, wonderful stop-motion animation film from uh, Leica Studios. Kubo is is just absolutely spellbinding. It was one of my favourite films from last year. Uh, there's a, a more in-depth review on the website, so go and check out uh, my thoughts on Kubo and the Two Strings, but I can't recommend that uh, highly enough. I thought that was a wonderful film. So that's just some of my uh, recommendations over the past six months. You've probably got some of your own. So uh, if you do, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. As always, we are on social media, but you can, of course, just email me and it's hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Okay, JJ Perry, I hope you really enjoy listening to this. There's a little bit of swearing on it. Uh, if that uh, bothers you, then uh, I apologise, but you have been warned. Uh, listen, JJ is a very busy guy, so we had a pretty tight hour to do this uh, interview. He was shooting off to film a pilot, and this was recorded over Skype, but quite early in the morning in Los Angeles. So it was great that um, you know he could find the time to to do this. He's got a couple of movies coming out that um, 
I just wanted to flag up. He's the stunt coordinator on the new Fast and Furious film, which is called The Fate of the Furious. And that's coming out on the 12th of April. And also he is the stunt coordinator on The Dark Tower, uh, which looks interesting. This is based on the Stephen King books and stars Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. And that film is coming out in July. Okay, without further ado, thank you for downloading and listening to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Here is my conversation with the man, the legend that is JJ Perry. Hey Ben, what you say, brother? Hello, how's it going? It's going good, Bubba. I gotta. I'm sorry, I, I gotta be out of here in about an hour because I gotta go te- train some actors for this new uh, TV series. I gotta take them to the gun range and train them. Cool, man. Okay, no, that's fine. What's the uh, What's the pilot you're working on? Is it uh, quite exciting? It's a, re- it's a reboot of SWAT, that old series from the '70s. Justin Lin's directing it, and Neil Moritz is producing it. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is that how's it How's it all going? It's going good, man. It is what it is. You know, we're still like, uh, we're about a week out from shooting, so it's a big mad scramble to get everything ready. Sure, know? sure. Your second unit director on this or your fight choreographer? What's your what's your role? I'll be, I'll be the stunt coordinator and I'll be helping out with second unit. You know, like I'm just, just I'm doing Neil Moritz a favor after we did that um, Fast and Furious. He called and said, hey, can you cover this this pilot for me? So sure. we, were, we were all doing reshoots of this thing called The Dark Tower for yeah. Stephen King, that Stephen King book. And then I wrapped that up on last Saturday. And then I started this show uh, on Monday. And I just drug some of my team over with me. Cool. Okay. JJ, you're, you're, you're so busy. <laughs> where, how do you, where do you find the time? Don't. No, I love it. I love being right in the middle of it all. It's, it's a blessing, you know? Yeah. It's, lucky to have it yeah i mean do you find some days it's just because it's quite um you know the workload is is obviously quite considerable but you know it's stunt coordinating it's very physical you know it's it's sort of mental and physical sort of work isn't it jj so are you but you're you're cool you're you're still you know keeping on top of stuff fucking love it brother we have it any way you know like like i said it's a blessing to be in this business and i'm gonna ride the wave until either i fall off or the wave runs to the beach my brother sure (laughs) Cool, man. Um, JJ, can I? Uh, there's so much I want to talk to you about because uh, you've worked on so just so many great movies. Um, uh, but I think it, just because I saw it last week, and I just think it's absolutely tremendous. The John Wick um, films. Uh, so you must be over the moon. You've seen. You obviously, you know, you're you're happy with the way John Wick two uh, turned out. Then I'd imagine. Yeah, brother. I mean, how, how could you not be? Yeah. <laughs> it was right up my alley. We got to call it tra- tactical, practical reality plus 10%. You know, it's, uh, yeah. You know, it was also made, it was made for the, 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 the fans of action movies, but it was also made for people that were in the military or prior service or, cause there's a lot of, uh, we put a lot of work into making his gun work correct. You yeah. Know? And, uh, I think that's something that John Wick sort of those films do stand out in many ways, don't they? Because of that attention to detail, like there's scenes in there, particularly. Yeah, you're right with the the gun battles where, you know, in some action movies, you get the the sense that there's this sort of spray and pray idea, isn't there? You just like use all the guns and they don't run out of bullets. Uh, but with John Wick, it seems like yeah, it's very meticulous, isn't it, JJ? I guess that's part, you know, that's part of why it's so great, isn't it? 
Well, you know, you th think about like the, the 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 cool gun work, you know, like from way back in the the, the 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 cowboy movies to the James Bond movies, and and then the mid '80s, we had this fella, this uh, this fella out of Hong Kong, or uh, named John Woo, that came up and made us all go, "Holy shit, what was that?" Yeah, and uh, he was awesome. But you know, like uh, like just the, the evolution of it all, and yeah. You know, and it does, John Wick does sort of touch upon those sort of, it is it is kind of Asian influenced, isn't it, really? Those Hong Kong movies of the 80s and 90s, that it, it does touch upon that, doesn't it? A, a bit, a bit of, you know, it's one of the, it's definitely one of the facets on the diamond. And, and But I think there's, there's something beautiful about real tactical work, you know, that when you see, especially when you see a team of people working in unison that have been working together for a while, watching them clear buildings or watching them. I think there's something really cool about that. And, you know, and uh, we just John Wick being a lone operator, you know, he doesn't really have any rules. Like when you're in a stack, like when you're a, when you're a, uh, in a squad or in the military, you, you work a certain way because you're part of a team. But, you know, all bets are off when you're a lone, lone gunman. you got to watch your own back. And, yeah. you know, the rules of engagement are different. Yeah. It's got a really great sense of humor to it as well, hasn't it? Because it does. That's that's the other thing about it. It's just it's brilliant. You just go into this world where uh, it is like an alternate reality, isn't it, really? It's very good. Well, it certainly is. And I'll tell you, you know, Chad Stahowski and, and Keanu Reeves are both um, are geniuses and yeah. pleasures to work with. I mean, our whole team over there at 8711, Dave Leach is prepping a movie called Deadpool 2 yeah. now. It's going to look great. He just I haven't seen Atomic Blonde yet, but I've seen some of the action. It looks amazing. I feel like our, our everyone on our team is coming up, and it's um, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. I'm super stoked, you know. So talk so, to me about 8711, your connection to Chad and David and, uh, and that sort of world, because I guess you must know them from sort of years back. Is that is, is that right, JJ? Mm -hmm. We all started back in the. I got out of the army and moved to California in, the, in 1990. And I'd, I'd met Chad Stahelski probably about a week and a half or two weeks after I moved here. I went to the old where the Innocento Academy used to be and ran into him, Damon Caro, and um, and uh, Eric Paulson. Then I met another gentleman by the name of Garrett Warren who just did a movie called Wolverine, uh, the newest Wolverine movie, and he's getting ready to start Avatar and all that. So our generation of stuntmen kind of came up together, you know, the guys that are that are killing it right now. And uh, you know, Chad and Dave, uh, back in the 90s, we, we had a little – they had a little – team called smash cuts and that team consisted of um chad chad Stalski, dave leach uh mike gunter marcus young there were a few more but we were all working together like on every there was a bunch of tv shows back then that we'd all bounce around on buffy angel martial law walker yeah. vip 24 and then jump around on features and we were kind of the generation that learned how to do the the Hong Kong style wire work before the Cowboys did because we were working in Hong Kong and working with Chinese uh, or Hong Kong action directors before they came here. After the Matrix, yeah. uh, the wave that came here and did you know uh, like like that martial law series and like yeah. the, what's it uh, what's that uh, Charlie's Angels sure. and sure. Daredevil like they they came out here but we'd already kind of worked with them in Asia so. You know, uh, when when after Smash Cuts, they, it was about 10, 12 years ago, they opened up they they opened up a studio called 8711. And it's named 8711 because that's the address on Aviation Boulevard in Inglewood. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm a, being from the military. I'm a big believer in, you know, the sacrifice of the individual for the better of the group. 
So, you know, and those are my bros. So I jumped right in, right in line with them. I'm, I'm also a member of Stunts Unlimited. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I'm, I'm totally proud of what's going on over there at 8711 and all those guys. It's such those a brilliant guys. success story. And they've really carved out a bit of a niche there now, haven't they? And as you say, yeah, they're really making it as directors now in these big major budget Marvel movies. It's very encouraging, well, isn't it? Well, what they've done is they've dispelled the notion that we're just all a bunch of dumb cowboys and cavemen. I mean, aside from me, there, there's some pretty intelligent guys out there. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's like the truth is, who's going to do action if somebody knows how to to op to, to 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 film to edit? Who's gonna Who's gonna direct better action than the person that has created it if they if they have the experience? I mean, yeah. that's a that's a tough one. I run into this problem a lot as a, as a, as an action guy working with young directors, where you know that I just they just don't really know what to do sometimes, you know. Yeah. And I, the job is to help them, you know. My job is to to help them find their vision of the action, whether 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 they know what it is or not, you know. My mm -hmm. job is to search it out and find it. But it's you know like when you work with people who know what they're doing, everything just happens. It just falls right into place. Yeah, yeah. And you'd much rather work on a set like that than I suppose where you've got, I guess if you've got a director that's coming at it from that action background, it just make, must make your job a, a hell of a lot easier, really. Yeah, I probably won't make as much money, but... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I was going to... If they don't know what they're doing, I get paid a lot more. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I get... Well, that's that must be the thing when you're... Because the amount of sort of big mainstream Hollywood movies that you have, uh, you know, big studio movies that you've worked on. But yeah, you're right. You have also come from this sort of background of the sort of lower budget end, end of the market. And I'm wondering, right. f from for your role and what what you bring to it what do you prefer is there one that you prefer working on is it the is it the smaller the smaller scale stuff where you can really get your hands dirty and get get involved in it or or those big studio stuff so i'll definitely well here it goes for me i'll tell you how it went down i wanted to be in in about 1999 we were working on walker texas ranger they all call it chad dave everyone was working on matrix two and three and uh, they called me to come work on that, but I didn't go. I stayed on Walker and so I could get my director's guild card. Um, and that was, you know, I lost a lot of money, but I could have made a lot of money working with my buddies, gotten a motorcycle from Keanu. It would have been great. Yeah. But I needed to do what I needed to do. I mean, I really wanted to become a stunt coordinator and a second unit director back then, even in 99, 2000. So going to, it, it, you know, the jobs weren't, nobody was jumping in my lap trying to give me jobs. So I went to Bulgaria, Lithuania, Romania, Serbia, Montenegro, Hungary, Hungary, and in and, 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 and Thailand, and a lot of countries to do these lower budget films. But those movies are what gave me the skill set. Yeah. Because when you have 29 or 30 days straight, in two million dollars, but the script reads like a hundred million dollar script. Yeah, I give it the same diligence that I would give a, a three hundred million dollar movie. And my job is to make the action badass, regardless. So yeah. I went over there and did these low budget movies, and and but I learned how to be creative and, and like working with a director like Isaac Florentine. Yeah, who's an like listen, you know that dude. I've done a couple films with him. That dude knows exactly what to do. He's a badass director, yeah. you know, and, and, a, and a martial artist as well. So he, you know, he's yeah, he's, yeah. good karateka, you know, a solid karateka and, and an amazing director and a really great dude. And I learned a lot from Isaac being on the road with him about you know leaving your options open, moving fast, being able to plan a foot and pivot quickly. You know, like of course I like to work on big budget, you know, movies because uh, you know they're it's fun. You got plenty of time. You got plenty of money to do what you want to do. You got you know it's 
course, I like that. But you know, like some of my most memorable movies were movies like uh, Undisputed Two and yeah. in the tournament, and you know, like lower budget movies where we all had to hunker down and 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 and, and give it up and just get it done. You yeah. know, where it was a big sacrifice, but it was a you know it was a, it was a big squeeze, but the juice was sweet. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess in those sorts of movies, JJ, you're working with people who. I guess just because, you know, it hasn't got so much uh, money to spend that a lot of these guys aren't using stunt doubles and say you're working with people like a Michael Jai White or uh, Scott Atkins or, you know, those types of guys that uh, can really do the physical stuff. And that's what people want to see as well. So so as a fight choreographer, I guess you, you've you got to sort of work around them a lot a lot more. It is a, it is a different way of working, isn't it, I, I'd imagine? Uh, it's going to change your coverage and it's going to change the design of the action if you can't, uh, if the, if your number, if your number one X on the call sheet can't do what he or he or she has to do, if you have to double him, it changes everything. Yeah. But, you know, like that was the whole mantra on Wick. You know, how do, how do we make John Wick 2 better than John Wick 1? Well, we have to make Keanu Reeves better. So we gave him a four, you know, a three-and-a-half-month training camp with weapons, with judo, with jiu-jitsu, with sambo. We call it gun-jitsu. You know, it's like you're, you're pretty much, in my opinion, my job is to, to help the director with his vision, to provide access to the proper enrichment for the talent and the stunt team, and find a smart way to bring everything together and execute it on set in a time effective safe manner yeah you know and there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts there especially if you're going overseas or if you're going somewhere where it's you know there's it a lot of things that factor into that and you know especially when people are going to be risking their lives for you yeah so, you know it's I'm, I'm always a bigger fan if i can get like if you get i just did a fast and furious eight and statham trained hard and and Dwayne trained hard like you know like those guys are will give it up for the cause they know it they want it to be good so they're going to work at it it's a lot harder if you have someone who's not trying to you just some people just want to show up and think they can do it and they're happy with having their face replacement if it's a big budget movie having their double do it and just face replace them or whatever but i'm always a bigger fan of when you're working with someone who wants it to be great you know what i mean like who's gonna give who's gonna who's gonna stand shoulder to shoulder with you and fight for it because you've had to train a lot of these people, a lot of people who don't come from these sort of fighting backgrounds. I'm thinking of like, um, you know, like a Hugh Jackman, say, or, uh, you know, a Gerald Butler or someone like like that who are coming at it from a, from a different point of view. So um, when you're being dealt a situation like that, JJ, what's, what's the process? Like, do you, uh, you know, as you were saying there with Keanu Reeves, you had three months there where you had to, you know, t- train him up in weapons and all, all sorts of stuff. Is, is that the, is that the thing you just sit, sit them down one-to-one and just, just, just train them up like that? Yeah, no, but it's like, you know, what we do is we, I, I always build into my budgets, um, you know, a two, at least a two month prep, sometimes three, you know, depending yeah. on how big the budget is. And then I bring four to six guys from our team with me. And then I set up a proper training program. Like I reg a regimented training program and I involve a nutritionist in a, in a body shaping trainer into that. Yeah. So for instance, Keanu Reeves went to the gun range twice a week. He'd spend four and a half hours there. He would be useless after that for at least three hours. Yeah. So then we reschedule for him to eat and then go do body shaping. And then three times a week, he would come in and do jujitsu and judo. We'd feed him a big breakfast. His nutritionist would bring him some chow. He'd eat a bunch of little meals during the course of that. Then we'd work on fight choreography 
and then he'd go back and then you know work on work on whatever because he's also got a motorcycle shop. But I just I, what we do is we set up a program that gears us toward. It's like training for a fight, you know, as a fighter also. So you know you got to make weight. You got to start training two months out. You better be watching tapes. You better be ready for the guy you're going to fight. It's the same thing in the script. It's in the script, bro. We know what we're doing, yeah. so let's let's figure out what that is and train smart so he's peaking by the time we reach that place. Let's not let him overtrain. You know, you got a 52 or 53 year old actor. You also have to help protect him from himself, man. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah, he's he's in his 50s now. It's crazy, but you wouldn't think it. Hey, he's so good no. in jo in the John Wick films. He's crazy good. And I got to tell you, man, I can't say enough good things about working with Keanu Reeves and Chad Stahelski. Those guys for me are. You know, yeah, they're the, the bee's knees, man. The, yeah. the, it, it was that movie for me was another one of my career highs for sure. It was a real grind. It was really hard, but it was yeah. worth it. You know, yeah. and everybody knew yeah. it. Do you have you had experience with people? Because I guess you know, it's it's as much on the actors back as well. Like they've they've got to show up and want to be there as well, haven't they? So have you had experience there with you know some people who, you know, what? Well, let me rephrase that. What do you expect from them when you're training them? Well, I mean, my job is to provide them with, uh, you know, to, 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 to provide every opportunity for success. Well, in, in 90% of the time, they, they embrace that. But then sometimes you get some movie stars or some diva dudes or diva chicks that want to, you know, that don't really want to embrace it. And at that point, I can't do anything. You know, I can't make another man or woman do something. I've gone to pretty deep extremes on movies. Like I worked on an Ang Lee movie called uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. That's right, yeah. And we ran a two and a half week boot camp where we took those guys, all eight of them, out into the woods with it. We had put a tent up. We shaved their heads, took their computers, and, and I had um, a bunch of uh, prior service guys there running a proper boot camp, and we hazed them for two. They didn't know when it was going to be over. And I told them if they quit that they were going to be fired, which it wasn't the truth. You know, but I just I needed to motivate them because they were, you know, they were they were young men and so. they weren't expecting that they were there. But listen, if if they embrace the process, it's always going to be better. If they don't, if they don't care, I mean, it doesn't it, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to care. I'm going to have to find another way to skin that cat, and it's going to be making his his double as good as I can make him. Or you know, yeah. I hire I usually work with the best people in the world, but you can't make a man or a woman do anything they don't want to do. And I've had a few really crazy experiences in this business too where you know part of your job is to na navigate the emotional intelligence of a millionaire child yeah. you know like that becomes a, a, its own you know problem sometimes yeah and, yeah and i'm not I'm, i was in the army bro i'm not you know i'm not like uh i'm not a psychologist i mean i'm not you can see me when you see me you can tell i'm not a rocket scientist i'm pretty much like let's do it bros come on yeah and if they don't want to do it you know i'm just like all right bro i can't make you go on going back to your trailer and drink your diet coke we'll figure it out you know that was good. So JJ, let's go. Let's go back a little bit. So you were. So you're from. Are you from Texas? You were born in Texas. I am. Yeah. You started training pretty young. Is that right? You were ta taekwondo was your thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you remember what that first moment where you first saw taekwondo, or maybe it was a movie you saw, or there was something. There was like an introduction that you thought, yes, this is what I. It was like. It was like Super Bowl 1974, 1975. I was at home watching it with my grandpa, and there was a guy that came in at the halftime show and broke a bunch of blocks of ice. He was wearing karate pants and a black belt. And it was uh, you can Super Bowl or football 70s halftime show, karate man breaks ice. I don't know if it's still on YouTube or if you can find it on YouTube. Sure. But I'll never forget that. You know, And I was like, damn, I want to do that, Grandpa. Yeah. Well, the very next day, it just so happened that, um, that uh, one of the U.S. head – 
coaches for Taekwondo had a school in, you know, not too far from where I lived in Missouri City. And that's how I started. And um, I just, you know, I fell in love with it right away. I had a natural aptitude for for hitting people and yeah. kicking people. <laughs> and but it no. was the, you got into competitions as well from an early age. You rose yeah. through the ranks. You had got a black belt when you were pretty young as well. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean, listen, man, like I think com- competition that like all the stunt men and women that I hire, I always look for people that have been doing their sport, gymnastics or wrestling or whatever their discipline is from a young age and competed on a high level. Yeah. Because as a stunt person, you're going to have to perform under pressure and there's no one that can, you know, you when you're, when you've been punished, you know, like when you punish yourself when you're a child and you fight for it and, you know, have that discipline, that's in your DNA at that point. It becomes part of who you are as a, as a, as a man or a woman. Yeah. You know, like I'm not looking for stunt guys or stunt girls. I'm looking for stunt men and stunt women. And usually they come from a prof- – like they come from a, a deep background of competition yeah. on an elite level. Yeah. Do you think that that's important then just from a believability standpoint? I guess when you're watching the movies that sometimes it, it, it does help to know if you're watching a martial arts movie that this guy or girl can really – you know, kick it in, in real life. Do you think that's important or do you think that your role, I guess, there is to, uh, y- you know, just sort of make them sort of convincing, I guess? It's, well, do, no, do I mean? I, my, job, my job is to make them as good as they can possibly be. It's like yeah. training for a peak, you know, it's like training for a fight. So we're two and a half months out from before the first time they've got a, like we had that same thing on that movie Warrior with Tom Hardy and yeah. uh, Joel Edgerton. They were, they, they got to take their shirts off. Yeah. So we had a, a countdown to win and there was a, it was a carb depletion, you know, muscle building. Yeah, I heard about this from uh, Hugh Jackman was talking about this, like what you have to do, you have to like drink loads of water or something. And then suddenly then you like crash diet when you're doing those um, doing those scenes. It sounds pretty. Is that is that healthy? Is that, a, <laughs> you know? No, but I mean, you know, like we're it, it, what we're doing. It's we're trying to fool the audience, not each other. I mean, Hugh Jackman's yeah. not really Wolverine. He doesn't kill people. And yeah. Tom Hardy's not really an MMA fighter. But my job, my job working with these people is to make them look as make them as good as they can possibly be. Yeah when the time comes for them to be that person, yeah. you know, and then maybe give them something, enrich them in a way that will affect them in life. They've, they've learned a skill that they can, if they continue on with, they can master. Like Reeves is still loves to shoot. I don't know if Tom Hardy still does MMA or not, but like, you know, like I give them, I introduce them to something like the, my, our job is to, to expose them and find the best people in the world to train them and make sure the training is regimented and oversee the training and the outcome of the training. Yeah. 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 I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Um, you were so you were you were training you were competing as you were growing up in taekwondo and then you were so you were state champion i believe and you were winning all sorts of uh, medals and trophies and that kind of thing when yeah. did the movies side come into it because you you started appearing in like little sort of lower budget movies then is that right so my hometown Houston back in like 85 86 a couple of little movies came through there one was called Pray for Death and one was called they still call me Bruce. Yeah. And they would come through that city, you know, and when they were going around from Dojo Dojo and Dojong to Dojong they looking for talent like the stunt coordinator and the extras casting. I just took a job because I could do a front flip off a mini tramp like you know I was I was a really good kicker. I was a junior national champion at that time and I had joined the army already. And, uh, yeah, had you so I, had you had joined the army at that point? Yeah, I'd yeah. already sworn in, and I, you know, I was getting ready to graduate. But I did those two movies, and I was amazed on how much money they paid us for how little time we worked. Like yeah. I think it was a Screen Actors Guild Daily was like three hundred fifteen bucks there. I think it's like a grand now. But I remember thinking back then when those like four or five checks came together all at once, I was like, Jesus, I ain't never seen that much money. Yeah. When I swore in, you know, like I took off for the army, and that was where I, I really. With Taekwondo, I did it. I, I joined the army because of Taekwondo, so I could compete in Korea and I could maybe get to Thailand and fight, and get to, to get to Japan and fight. I wanted to fight all over Asia. You know, something my master told me when I was young that really stuck with me. He said, "If you want to be a fighter, go fight. Don't stand there and hit the bag. It's not going to help you." And he yeah. said, "You need to be out there looking for the guy who can beat you, not who you can beat. The guy yeah. who can beat you can teach you the most." So, like I had done pretty much everything I could do at Texas, and I love my home, I love my state, and everything. But you know, it was. I was a hungry young cowboy looking for a fight back then, so yeah, I joined up, the and there was a, yeah, it was a the lead athlete program uh, in the army really uh, helped help with that, and uh, and yeah, there there it was. I got stationed Korea, I got to train all over. Country so Korea. that wasn't so you weren't signing up, you you weren't sort of uh, sent out to to fight uh, in any sort of uh, conflicts there, then were you, or were they? What no, I, was... got, I got I got caught up in that Panama business in '89 oh, when right, I right before okay. I got out. Operation Just Cause, but yeah. um, you know, like after after you like we'll talk about Taekwondo real quick. Yeah. After you after you finish uh, after you go to Korea, especially in the '80s, like now Taekwondo, I'm not such a huge fan of it anymore. Like I used to be. It was different in the '80s. Like we were trying to smack. They were trying to, in the '70s and '80s when I started. It was really full contact. You know, there wasn't headgear and people were really smashing each other. It was like Kyokushin. You know, it was it was beautiful. After after the after MMA turned up, everything changed. And it, it was a wake-up call for me, too. And mm -hmm. I think in the last 20, 24 years, since 93, since it became mainstream, I think martial arts has evolved more in the last 23 years than it probably did in 1,000 years or yeah, 500 yeah. years. And do you put that solely at people adapting to new styles and not being so blinkered, I guess, by just following one discipline? Is that the key? Well, we didn't, we didn't know any better back then. There wasn't many options. You could do judo, kung fu, taekwondo, or, or karate, and it was usually you're going to do whatever was closest to your house, you know, because of yeah. geographic. But, but now, like, you know, you get to see the truth of it. Like you got to be good at everything, and you got to be able to, you know. It's like there's not a big need for doing katas anymore, yeah. unless you unless you want to be a traditional martial artist. I mean, but what is martial arts for me? Every, martial arts are different things for a lot of people, for everyone. I started in 1975, and it kind of made me who I am today. I feel like when I joined the army, I was already a soldier, but the army made me a man. I was in great shape when I joined. You know, I could do 120 push-ups. I was doing like you know 250 sit-ups. I was I was a beast because I was competing. Yeah, but. Uh, 
what martial arts was for me was it was it became a way of life immediately where I found my family in that school and you know I found a lot of love and, and it was it was it was a lessons in life like work hard don't piss and moan you get promoted you move up you move to your left you get a belt and you move to your left one day you're going to stand in front of the class you're not going to be in line anymore yeah. it's the same in the army and it's the same in life and I took the lessons that I learned from taekwondo and applied them in the army and then I took the lessons that I learned in the army and applied them to the stunt work or the stunt business because once you once you're in the army, nothing else in life will ever be hard again. Yeah. You know, like you get like again, and you'll never be working under those conditions. So when I got out of the army in '90, you know, I I couldn't believe how they, you know, how easy. And I love this job, and I'm so grateful that I get to do this work. I never thought I was going to be doing this, you know, like really. I, I thought I'll give it a try. I'll probably have to go back to the army, but it just happened somehow, and I'm I'm ultimately grateful. But it's not hard. It's a lot of fun. And we go to all these crazy places and work with the same kind of people that I always work with, you know, yeah. like fighters, soldiers or sportsmen or, you know, and or people from the X Games that drive car, jump cars, ride motor motorcycles. If I wouldn't have joined the army, I probably wouldn't have had the work ethic or the or the mentality, because once you do the army, everything's easy. You know, you come here and, you know, people sleep till eight o'clock. I was up at five thirty doing my running, you know, or four thirty or you know what I mean? And I I just ready to work my ass off. So here's the question, JJ. If you were growing up now, uh, M- and you know, would MMA. you be yeah, you'd go it straight in MMA. Without hesitation. If yeah, yeah. I think MMA is still evolving. I think the the, the nine and ten year old boys that are or girls that are learning MMA now but learning it in its purest form without, you know, like where without it doesn't it doesn't have any filler. It's just getting more refined and more refined and more refined. MMA in 20 years is going to be is going to outweigh boxing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and I love boxing, but at the end of the day, if you want to find out who the best fighter is, you got to take all the rules away. Mm. The less rules, the more you get down to who's fi- who's the best fighter is. You put rules in there, like now you're doing taekwondo, you're doing kyokushin, you're doing boxing, you're doing kickboxing. Take the rules away if you want to find out who the best fighter is, and I think it's you know, for me, I just watching how it's evolved. I'm, I have come. To, I have a total sense of pride. You know, I'm so proud yeah. of martial arts and what it's done. And I'm not 100 uh, percent stoked that you know there's a bunch of guys that talk talk shit on there like professional wrestling. I think that's the wrong message. You know, like we're still martial artists, and I wish there was a little bit less of that and less. You know, less professional wrestling, but you know, listen. What man, you mean, just like the like a, there's a sort of arrogance. Uh, yeah, to it. I yeah. think you you know, like as a martial artist, you have to be humble in victory and humble in defeat. You know, I got I just would say to those guys, I admire them and respect them, but remember, there's a lot of kids watching that, a yeah. lot of young men and young women who are influenced by that, and that's not what you know. That's it's not for me to tell anyone what to do, but that would be my only bone to pick with MMA is like just you know. Put your head down when you win. Put your head down when you lose. You bow in defeat and bow in success and be a gracious winner and be a humble loser. And you're noticing that in your work as well, JJ, because you worked on Haywire with um, Gina Carano, didn't you? And, yeah. um, you know, you, with the stuff you do with Statham and, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure you're noticing or having to embed a lot more mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu s- into your fight choreography. Do you remember the first time you saw a triangle choke on, on a movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was the first lethal weapon with Mel Gibson and Gary Busey. Oh, sure. Yeah, Back yeah. in 19, 1985 or 87 or something like that. No one knew what it was. I remember seeing it as a kid and I was like, why has he got his crotch up in his face? Yeah. I don't get it. But now you see it and everybody knows what it is. And I mean, it works. It's tactical and it's practical and it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a real choke. It's not like a fake 
Like when you see in kung fu movies, I just watched um, what is it, Chen Zen, Return of the Fist, and I love yeah, Don like, Yen. I love kung fu movies, but yeah. now when I watch them, that 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 those kind of movies don't fall into my target market. You know, I make yeah. movies. The movies I work on usually the target market are more of the American or European or South American, and I love kung fu movies. Yeah, but you you know you don't hit somebody with a back fist in a fight. You're not going to back fist somebody. You want to hit them with a left hook or a right cross or an elbow. You want to hit them with something substantial. So your role models in this fight choreography world aren't people like a Yen Wu Ping or a, oh, they, uh, oh, oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, listen, those are the ones who, there's the founders of the feast, Sam Hung, Jackie Chan, Yen Wu Ping. And then I'll go, you know, I got to work with a lot of those guys back in the 90s. Yeah. You can't see something or, or do something and not be influenced by it. You're automatic. You can't help it. You're influenced. Yeah. But um, like, like what happened, let me give you an example. After the Matrix, everybody was like, "Okay, for hook, it's going to be a wirework fest." When Unbox sure. came out, that changed everything. Yeah, for absolutely. Like, I remember that because I was out somewhere and everybody wanted to do knees. I remember them asking me, "How can we get Angelina Jolie to fight like Tony Jaa?" Yeah. I said, "Well, no, she's not going to be able to do it for for that movie Salt." I said, "Well, she can't do it in this lifetime, but if you get a wig for Tony Jaa and pay him a million bucks, I'm sure he'll come and double it." <laughs> that's 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 what I would suggest, and they laughed at me, but that was a good. That was a good situation because yeah. when you see her do it, it's not believable, you know? Mm. That's anyway. You point to a good point there, like just keeping on top of trends. I mean, do you – how much of this is actually predictable? Like you, you would have seen that the Wirefu thing was kicking off after the Matrix, but then no one could have guessed that, you know, this guy was going to come out of Thailand and then Muay Thai was going to be – you know the next big thing, like, do you, or or do you uh, do you regularly sort of check out you know cinema from around the world and try and see That's what's going? That's my job, brother. That's my job is to yeah. know what's out there and not just know what's out there, know who's out there and who's doing it. Like I'm always looking for the next move, the next sequence, the next car gag, whatever. But also the person to do it. I'm always looking for world class stunt players. I you know I'm, I'm I'm working with some of the best guys in the world over at 8711 and it's Stunts Unlimited. But I'm always looking for new people, new talent. That's my job. You know, yeah. like what's out there, scrutinize it, spin it up, you know, get the right guys to do it and you know like that's 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 it's all encompassing. And yeah, yeah. Look, Is that gonna the, that's gonna come from the MMA world then, do you think? Well it already is, isn't it, really? I think, let's, I, let's listen, I, I think I think I've already done that what is it? Um an over the top MMA movie with uh, Undisputed Two, yeah, and then I've already done that that Warrior movie. I have to. I don't. I don't necessarily want to do another MMA movie unless it was um, uh, unless it was the right script. Yeah, because I've kind of been down that road already. But everything you do is influenced. Like it's how you, how you blend together judo, sambo, and jujitsu with guns. Yeah. That's interesting for me. Yeah. You know, or putting this style against this style or this, this guy against that guy. There's a lot of real world operators from your country and from my country and from a lot of countries that have uh, that are uh, combat veterans that are coming back with all these stories that will be declassified and they'll probably end up making movies of them. So, yeah, for me, like doing a doing a military picture, because I've done a few little ones and a few movies with military, but I'm. I'm prior service, so I'd like to do a full-on. If 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 it, if a operation like Black Hawk Down got declassified and they did another movie like that, I would love to be a part of that. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's something I haven't really gone all in on yet. I'd love to do that. And I mean, would that be, so that as, as a personal sort of dream project, if you had to select something that you would really want to be working on next, it would be a sort of military based sort of story, something like that? Yeah, that'd be cool. Or, you know, like there's John Wick threes lingering around out yeah. there. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall too far from the, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that when I get, I'd love to do that as well because I'm, I love working with those guys and we had a lot of fun doing them. But that's that's like a you know it's an over the top but reality like re, uh, tactical practical but over the top with kills you know but I love yeah. it was fun. but I'd like to do something a little more grounded at some point but big uh, you know like the Bin Laden takedown or whatever like something if they made a script about that I'd love to be part of that yeah because awesome. to, to do the legwork on that and be able to train and and kind of talk to the people who were actually there because I'll always seek out the truth. I always look for the best guys and people that have that experience. But working on the Billy Lynn film as well, that must have been quite a personal project to, to be involved, to be involved in as well. Cause obviously, you know, that's drawing on a lot of your army background, isn't it really? It was, and it was cool to, it was cool to work on that one. You know, May, Ang Lee is one of my here, one of my idols and that's why I took the job so I could yeah. work with him and study him, you know, like, cause that's what I do. And, you know, it's part of my job too, is I get to go to film school with, Steven Soderbergh with Quentin Tarantino with Ang Lee, you know, I get, I get some pretty cool professors sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, no, we was a all immersive boot camp that Ang wanted me to do. And I, I, you know, on the phone in the Skype meeting with all the producers, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when I got him alone in Atlanta, I was like, Hey bro, are you sure you want me to do this? Because that it's good. It's going to be really traumatic to some of those boys that don't know it's coming. Like yeah. those are thespians, man. Those guys didn't sign up to get, to get boot camp for like two and a half weeks by a bunch of cavemen, a bunch of, you know, murderers. Because the guys I hired probably killed more people than the Ebola virus. You know, those are real sure. operators that did it out there. So he was like, no, I want you to, to bend them to the point that you hear it crack, but it doesn't break. He yeah. said, like, when you bamboo stick, you bend it. When you hear a little crack, let off. But bend them hard, push them. So we did. And he was right. Those guys were inseparable after that. They were like, you know, like uh, they moved as a complete unit. And throughout the movie, they... They all became dear friends. So, you know, I learned something from Ang Lee there, you yeah. know, which was uh, which was the strife brings the crew, the cast together. I'm doing a little bit of that today at that SWAT range. I'm taking a bunch of that whole cast up to the gun range where we train Keanu and do a team building experience, live fire team building experience. You know, when you have a script where it has a lot of people on, an, you know, as a team, you you have to put well, you don't have to. But I would learn learn from Ang. You put them together under a situate a stressful situation and they will bond and that will help your movie because they will it will that will roll over into your film yeah. which i thought was a brilliant idea and i'm i'm you know thankful to my my sifu sifu angley every new job is a new learning experience then is it i guess yeah. like and even even now with the amount of films that you've done you're still you're learning something new all the time trying to brother always yeah. you know like listen again i i never thought i'd be here bro like yeah. I'm in, they let me in the VIP room, even though I wasn't on the list. So I ain't leaving. And I'm gonna drink as many drinks as I can before the lights come on. All right. So, <laughs> you know um, what I'm so someone, so for instance, like there's so many names that I could just pick out here, but uh, you mentioned Tarantino there, so we'll, we'll uh, mention Tarantino. I mean, someone like him. I mean, like, what's it like working on a set with 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 him and with that kind of film knowledge Shoot. and also his Hong Kong because he's he's into his Kung Fu movies he's you know oh. into that that sort of so, stuff as well so. so here you go he he shoots with one camera and he still shoots on film he yeah. only brings out more than one camera if there's something huge he doesn't have a monitor 
he knows what he wants and he knows how to get it and he's a lot of fun to work with and he is a genius. Yeah. Uh, I got to put together the fight, some of the fight work for him on Django Unchained and I auditioned to double him when he was going to play by May in uh, Kill Bill 2. I was up to double him and that, in that, cool. in that he didn't end up doing it. But I'm a huge fan. Uh, learned tons from him and his character and ge generosity of spirit is unmatched and his enthusiasm is something that I drew from and I use that in one of my that's one part of my playbook too is the, is the the Tarantino you know get find something that you love about what you're doing and then get excited about it and get everybody else excited about it because you know half the time I'm a I'm a stunt sometimes I'm a stunt coordinator sometimes I'm leading sometimes I'm following sometimes I stay the fuck out of the way and sometimes I'm just a damn cheerleader and getting everybody up and moving, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I run interference for my team. So, like, Tarantino gets very excited about what he's – he gets everybody very excited about what he's doing. There's not a lot of questions because he's already answered them, you know. Yeah. And it's a great environment to work on, and I'd be look, I'd look forward to ever get a chance to work with him again. And, and do you – what do you look for in a director then? Are you just looking for someone who is – that you can collaborate with and you can bounce ideas off, or is it better to have someone who's, you know uh, – you know, maybe a more authoritarian and is just ruling, uh, so, ruling the shoes. Again, you got guys that know what they're doing and you got guys who kind of know what, you know, like when it comes to action, some of them have no clue. And sometimes they'll just say, JJ, figure it out. And I love that. Because yeah. then I get to run at it, you know, um, and then you get guys who know and they want it a certain way. And I love that. I love having clear and decisive direction, having orders, because like I said, I'm on, from being uh, in the military, I'm mission first, you know. Prepare, execute, recover, repeat, repeat, repeat. And, you know, when I have a clear directive, when I have a clear mission, I can come out of the gate hot with my team and take that down easy. But uh, I'm prepared for anything. And I don't really look for anything in a director except for, you know, uh, uh, just to, if my job is to help them with their vision. So if they don't know what they want, my job is to go out and find it for them or help them find it. Yeah. And my ego never – I don't bring my ego to the set. There's enough egos over there, man. I'm there to serve and help, you know, like yeah. – that's my job. But if you and, do, you ever work on something, and then if you bring it back to set, and then the director's like, "JJ, that's no, that's not quite what what we're after there." I mean, does that happen, yeah. or is it? Sometimes, sometimes I'll yeah. shoot previews. We'll do previews, and they'll be like, "Hey, can you change this? Can you change this?" That's my job, you know. Hell yeah, dude. We'll do whatever you want. I, I'll, yeah. I'll usually I'll usually have two or three versions of previews up for my team. Because some of the fight coordinators I work with now are amazing. You know, you got some amazing fight coordinator. I'm going to name a few guys real quick so I can just plug them. Sure. John Eusebio, Jeremy Marinas, Justin Yu, Sonny No, Anuo. Uh, let me think who else that we, we work with. And you got Walter Garcia out there. You got, um, hmm, let's see. And you a lot got, of talented uh, people. Dude, amazing fight yeah. choreographers and coordinators now. That because of YouTube, you know, the world is so small. If you want to if you want to learn something about some abstract martial arts, all you got to do is click on it and you'll have it, and, you know, and you can see, oh, yeah, it's, look, it's Northeastern Penchok Salat or it's yeah. <laughs> Kung Fu from Kuala Lumpur. But surely that points at another point that surely, um, surely every idea must be, we've only got two arms and two legs, JJ, at the end of the day. Like surely every idea must have been captured on film by now. Yeah, surely. Yeah. And then you got to try to find a new way to capture it, you know, like, like get a get a piece of get a get a big glass platform and shoot underneath it with a techno crane and wrap around it. You know that's yeah. find new ways. You know and find make take something. Nothing's more flattering to me than when I see a move that I've used in a movie and then I see it in somebody else using it, but they put it take it out of context and and put it in you know switch it up a little bit. Yeah. I love that. You know so if you you don't want to just bite somebody's move and shoot it shot for shot. Remember the movie Rapid Fire? Yeah, great movie. 
Yeah, but they they copied um, Armor of God. No, no. Uh, what is it? Um, no, it's uh, Police Story, shot for shot. Sure. And a lot of stuff, and it was in for me. It was like I saw I saw Police Story, so I was like, what the what the fuck? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so for me, that's a big no no. You yeah. know, just just biting. If you're gonna take it, you know, the best compliment you could pay to the person that put it together to begin with is, if you take it, change it. And, and film it differently and put another spin on it, you know, yeah. and then I'll, if I grab a move off of somebody, I'll call it that move. I'll call it, uh, what's his name? It was, you did so, a few years ago, we did a move that Wu Jing, Jing what's his name? Jing Wu? Or yeah, Wu yeah, Jing, Jackie Wu Jing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then we, we kind of bit one of his moves, but I shot it from a different angle than they did. And I used it like almost in a 360 steady cam shot, but I call it the, the, here comes the Wu Jing, you know, yeah. and I called it out. So out of respect for the guy who did it first and whoever choreographed it, you know, respect. It's the butterfly style. With regards to like movie martial arts, and we're noticing this obviously as in the last sort of 10 years or so, probably On Back was the catalyst for this. Do you feel that like the action now is getting, you know, it's getting more extreme? Like more oh, yeah. full on, yeah. Well, so check it out. Now you have 999 channels of Direct TV, and you've got Marvel, DC. There's way more movies out there. There's just way more content out there. So we, it's just me nonstop work for us. But you're all always kind, always chasing out on that next sequence. Or it's not sequence. It's not, okay, I don't think of, of things. Okay, this move. No, uh, this fight. No. I think of it in terms of sequence and story, you know, like yeah. it becomes the move is a facet of the diamond of the sequence. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I mean, for me, it's, it's hard to keep being fresh and that's the tricky part. What's the new fresh thing, you know? So it's, 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 it's a struggle. But then you I, say, but I then if I look at like the work you did in John Wick too, like to me, that still looks pretty fresh and different and you were getting a lot more, you had the gun foo sort of stuff. And then you had that wonderful sequence with, um, uh, the, the, where they mentioned the pencil scene and you're like, Oh, I can wonder what, what that's going to be. And then there's that routine with the pencil, which was amazing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it must, uh, it, it's, the it is quite full on now isn't it these days and i guess that's the thing you just got to keep do you feel you've got to keep upping the threshold well yeah of course you know it's like especially that's why i'm i, I like to do hard movies that are hard r and not not pg-13 because now you're not you don't have handcuffs on you can you can i'm a big fan of shock value yeah and you know that and everybody's impulse their initial instinct is like when you see something it's scary you know like when when you saw the shark in jaws yeah the first time you know, it's, I like to play on that moment. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? You know, you can get sh stabbed in the eye with a rusty fork. You could get your toes blown off by a shotgun, you know, like, yeah. and I'll find a way to put that in. You know, I'll, I always just ask myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Let's do that for sure. Yeah. And let's beat, you know, and, but yeah, it's a trip. It's hard to, it's hard to stay in front of the wave. And there's a lot of really talented, because there's so many movies and so many, you know, opportunities to work. So it's bringing out a lot of people that probably wouldn't have come up as a stuntman the way that we did in the nineties. Like we had to become stuntmen first. And then, in, then we became fight choreographers then fight coordinators and stunt coordinators and second year directors. And now my brothers are directors now, Yeah. but those guys now there's so many, there's, you know, that you don't have to come up that way. You can just come up as a, you know, a film school kid or a tricker could come up with a camera and start and shoot, cut his own thing, get on social media and become famous, which I think is, 
totally cool. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's totally groovy. Well, what would your advice be? You know, a, a young up and coming stunt people, you know, uh, just say yes to everything, I guess. And just if there's a crazy well, stunt that needs to be done, then you just step so, up and do it. Yeah, you're not, look, we're not looking, you're not going to be like some Yahoo come in and just, you know, roll the dice. The idea is you're going to risk, you're going to risk being hurt every day at work. And then you're also going to, getting hurt is part of the job. Being injured isn't. Injured means you can't come to work. You're laid up at the hospital. And dealing with pain and and being hurt, you're going to deal with that almost every day at work. Once in a while, you're going to get called on to risk your life. And that's what we call the moment of truth. I would say to anyone that's interested in being a stunt person, like I, I don't, I don't want to hire anyone that wants to be an actor to be a stunt person. Like I let a lot of people that don't know exactly what they want to do when they say, "Yeah, I'm thinking about acting," I, I just give them advice: say, "Go be an actor." You know, yeah. like I, I'm looking to hire professional stunt men and work with professional stunt men and women that will enrich, that'll take some of the money they make and enrich themselves, like take a drifting class or a or a precision driving class or something with the money that they make, so they get better and better. I want people thinking about each shot. So. What I would say to those people that are want to be stunt men and women, I think you should absolutely go for your dream, you know, I, because if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know, I, I was a, I was a good martial artist. Uh, you know, I was I was in the army. I was a tough kid and I never took no for an answer. Be good at what you do. Be grateful for what you get and always try and be better. Do, everything you do, try and make it better than the last thing you did. And, you know, like being having some manners and saying yes, sir, and no, sir, doesn't help, doesn't hurt yeah. either. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like I said, I'm totally grateful. I never expected any of this to happen. It just kind of popped off. Yeah. So my advice to people is if it's your dream, if you want to do it, just take some of the money that you make when you're starting and, and re-enrich your, re- learn how to rig, learn how to drive, learn how to ride motorcycles. Yeah, le- learn the full a full um, spectrum of, of different skills then you would don't, say. Yeah, don't, just don't run in there and be a Kung Fu guy or a karate guy. You yeah. know, like then I can't, I can't hire you for a long period of time. I'm looking for guys that can slide cars, ride, ride motorcycles, jump on a horse, go up 60 feet, jump to a bag, you know, dive, you know, get on set on fire. I'm looking for all arounders, you yeah. know, like I'll, I'll always bring some specialty people, but I'm looking for men and women that are professional stunt people. Yeah. And can uh, you're right, because the thing is, you watch these films and you're like wincing in the seat. There's parts of John Wick where you're like, oh, my God, that looks really painful. But um, it's that's the other thing, isn't it, is to knowing because you've got to create a safe environment, haven't you, JJ? That's that's the other thing. Um, well, I, just, I do my best, brother. You know, like I said, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I will provide every opportunity I will look for ways and opportunities so my guys will succeed you know if that means yeah. putting neoprene on the stairs that they have to fall on or whatever i can do to help those guys not get injured i'm gonna do it yeah it's my job to have look you, out to you know have that's you ever been injured what's the worst injury you've ever had jj I've got some teeth knocked out i've had my ribs broken i've broken my hand i've been busted up pretty good in uh i've been busted up pretty good in in this business as a stuntman and, you know, I had that thing where I would just look at things and say, okay, look, I'm not going to die from this. I'm just going to do it. And if I got peeled up, I got peeled up. But that's, you know, but that might not always be the best case scenario. But, I, you know, that's, you got to have a, a, you can't be soft of heart to do this work. And, you, you know, you got to be able to put away your protective instinct and accept the consequences of success or failure of a stunt. And yeah. sometimes the consequences of a stunt going wrong could mean somebody's life. And that's, yeah. That's why I guess they pay us stunt coordinators what they pay us because if somebody does get killed on the set, they're going to blame us for that. But it's it's rare though, isn't it, JJ? Like it doesn't. It is. Yeah, it yeah. Is. So you put yourself in the proximity of of pyrotechnics and, and cars going flying, you know, turning over at you know seventy miles an hour, rolling head over heels, and 
you put people in the proximity of that, cameramen, focus pullers, stuntmen, you know, you roll the dice. Yeah. You know, and so you just try and make it as, you know, make it as, hire the best people, make sure everybody's on the same page. You know, if it doesn't feel right, I won't do it. You know, I'll put a Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever had one of those environments where you thought, nah, this isn't, well, this isn't right? It's a time where they rush you, you know, and, oh, come on, hurry, we got to get it, the sun's going down. And that's when I slow down and I say, okay, guys, listen, the truth is we can rush now, but if we rush now and somebody gets hurt, we're going to be at the deposition. You and me are going to be sitting next to each other at that deposition, and I'm going to remind you and the court of how you rushed us for this. Yeah. So why don't we just take our time? Measure twice, cut once, get it right the first time so we don't have a take two. And there it is. Hey, hush. I just got a baby pit bull. He's out there acting a fool. Sure. That's okay. Where are you seeing the opportunities ahead for you now, JJ? Are you still sticking with, you know, the big the big budget movies or, you know, are there yeah. other, other things kicking off? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing this. I just got off the reshoots of the Dark Tower. And then I will. Can you say anything about that? (laughs) Because I'm very excited about that. I I I can't. I can't. Uh, But it was cool. I just I I just did some additional photography. You know, like we 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 just beefed it up a little bit. It's gonna be cool. And um and then after that, I'm doing the SWAT thing right now. Um and some of my team is gonna leave for Deadpool two. I'm probably gonna go and do a movie called Skyscraper with Dwayne Johnson and uh in uh, Canada and Macau. I'll probably go do that. Um, he seems like a nice. He seems like a cool guy to to hang out with. He's a real gem, that guy. Like, because yeah. um, he's a football player, so he's like a dude. You know, he's like, yeah. he's gonna work on a team. Like, you know, I always you look at that. Like a lot of the actors that played sports on teams, they they get it. You know, like, and then you have a thespian that you know. Sometimes it's just very difficult. But he's definitely a part of the answer, not part of a problem. I'm a huge fan of Dwayne Johnson. I think he's. An amazing dude. Yeah, he does. Seems like a seems like a really cool guy. Um, so, second unit director, fight choreographer, stunt coordinator, fight trainer. But are you? Is there some? Have you like got an idea or want to write a script or direct your own movie? Do you want to do anything like that? Or maybe I just want to wait for the right opportunity. I just want to run out and do something because somebody offered it to me. You know, like I don't want to. I, I, that's what. Chad and Dave's advice were like, if you want to direct, then, you know, find the right vehicle that you're, that you want to do. And then that's what you should do. Don't just do it to do it. And that's a smart call because, you know, like John Wick one, they had like 20 other offers to do movies, but John Wick was yeah. perfect. Yeah. And they, they waited, didn't they? They, they took their time and then that was the first, yeah, they, you know, and you can sort of tell, can't you? That was clearly an idea that they fell in love with and, you know, really made it their own. You're going to be, as a director, you'll be judged big time by your freshman, your sophomore, and your junior effort. If you can get through your first three without putting a stinker out there, yeah. then your directing career is pretty much made. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to be fine. You're going to yeah. be able to retire early if yeah. you want to. So, you know, that's why, number one, the first the first uh, movie, if I, if, if I do direct a film, I just want to wait for the right the right vehicle, you yeah. know, and I'm not hurry. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on a winning hand right now, just doing what I'm doing and I enjoy it. And I work with my buddies. And so I'm, I'm open to anything, but I'm stoked doing what I'm doing. Like I said, I never expected any of this. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Cool. Cool. Um, look, there's literally, there's so much more I could talk to you about working with, you know, the people that you've worked with, Statham and Mark DeCascos, Steven Seagal, all those guys as well. So, uh, but, I love them all. They're all badasses. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> 
Um, maybe, yeah, I'd maybe another time. Stories, but you'd print them and I'd get in trouble for sure. Them, so yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, cool, man. Okay, you have a good day. Thanks, brother. Later. Wow, wow, wow. There we go then. What a great guy. What a great conversation that was. JJ Perry. Really enjoyed talking to him. It's just great just talking to someone who, you know, just totally loves what they do. He's worked with just about everyone in the in the industry and is incredibly well liked and well respected. Uh, and we've just heard why he's an incredibly nice nice guy. Listen, as per usual, check out the website for more information on JJ. Uh, you can also check out online the Stunts Unlimited and 8711. 8711 uh, particularly have got some uh, really great work coming out uh, throughout the rest of the year. They're involved in the Deadpool sequel directed by David Leach uh, and also Atomic Blonde which uh, looks fantastic and that's got Charlize Theron in it as well and that's uh, all uh, choreography and stunt work by 8711 and we're very much looking forward to seeing those and sharing our thoughts with you as i say it's really looking like a a very strong year for martial arts action cinema thanks again for downloading and listening to this the podcast it's really good to be back thank you so much for your support um check us out on social media on the facebook on the instagram on twitter and of course you can always drop me an email if you want to the email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com okay there's going to be another show for you in two weeks time thank you so much again for listening to the podcast until then bye for now even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.